just when you thought Florida criminals couldn't possibly outdo themselves, we're back in the Sunshine State for more criminal chaos. Florida has been a gold mine of crime, so we have our first true crime trilogy. If all goes well, this could be a full-on saga. We can promise you this, there are no murders in today's episode, but it seems as though maybe some brain cells have died in order to get some of the erratic behavior we're talking about today. And just when you thought it was contained to the state, when I reveal number one, you'll see what happens when a Florida man takes it across state lines and into the nation's capital. Hey all you weirdos, welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast Research Gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 Florida Man Crimes, part 3. I think the best thing about Florida man crimes is that you really just have to expect the unexpected because <laughs> just when you thought it was as crazy as it could possibly get, these guys level up and they somehow get more chaotic about it. Always. And that's exactly why everyone, like not one person can get enough of these stories. I don't know anyone who can. No. None of them seem like they could possibly be real. None. And then, but all together, they all top each other every time. Yeah. You think it can't get more fake, more dramatic, and then another one comes and you're like, all right. Some I guess Florida so. man is like, hold my beer. And you're like, I couldn't even write that. <laughs> and well, and you know it's gotta be good since this is the first time in the history of Crime Countdown that we've got a trilogy on our hands. <laughs> yes, we do. I honestly think this series could go on like f- until the end of yes. time. <laughs> it could be a full on saga. Truly. I mean, I have an ice cream truck robbery, (laughs) so you know it's going to get hectic in here today. Elena has five Florida manses, and so do I, (laughs) but neither of us knows who's on the other one's list. Let's start the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. 10.
I'll start us off with number 10. Grouchy golf cart driver Michael Dale Hudson. All right. It seems like on the daily, we see videos posted on social media of disgruntled customers. Most of them are berating servers or retail workers, and they're always demanding to talk to the manager. That's where this story starts in Gibsonton, Florida in 2019. A man wants to talk to a Walmart manager while he's blocking the entrance to the store while also sitting in the driver's seat of a golf cart. And then things got chaotic, <laughs> if they weren't already. Yeah. Personally, I am not really a I want to speak to the manager person. I, I've just never been in a position where I've needed to speak to somebody's manager. I usually just leave. Like, I just leave. If yeah. I'm getting annoyed, I'm like, I just, I'm going to move on. Yeah, no, I'm like, I just won't come back. Same. I might even come back. Yeah, I just, honestly. I'm a pacifist. Just, yeah, I'm not in the business. Like, people have bad days. So exactly. I'm not in the business of getting somebody in trouble at their job. I think it's because you worked retail for yeah. a long time, and I was a server for a long time. Exactly. So, so I get it. You understand. I was a horrific server, and everybody wanted to talk to my manager, so I'm not talking to anybody's so manager. So you'll never do it to anyone else. Well, fun fact. Gibsonton, Florida, a.k.a. Gibtown, Gip not far from Tampa, was where circus and carnival workers lived during the off-season and after retirement. So maybe some still do. Cool. You never know. Love that. Sounds awesome. Also living in Gibsonton, Michael Dale Hudson. Might have heard of him. He doesn't sound as fun. Mm, I don't know. He's pretty grouchy from what I hear. Right. 2019, Hudson was visiting a Walmart in town and he was adamant that he needed to talk to a manager. Not really clear why. Okay. Usually it doesn't matter. He didn't get the yellow smiley face sticker on his way out. Yeah, mad. Hudson was also <laughs> making his demand for a manager while sitting in a golf cart and blocking the entrance to the store. Okay. It's been reported it was the entrance to the liquor section. Either way, he's causing a scene, so the cops get called. I didn't even know that Walmart had a liquor section. Did not know that as well. Wow. I don't even know. Do we have those up here? I'm not real sure. I have absolutely I don't know. no idea. Police show up and are having a chat with Mr. Hudson when he decides to just take off in his golf cart and start driving it through the store. Oh, I'll, okay. So he didn't flee out into the world. He just flew right into Walmart. Okay. Yeah. Hudson ignores police telling him to stop. He's scaring customers and he finally comes to a stop after he crashed his golf cart into a cashier stand. Alrighty. The sheriff's office said a few customers were treated at the scene, but no customer went to the hospital. Okay, well, that's good. Hudson was taken to the hospital before being charged with trespassing, resisting arrest with violence, felony criminal mischief, aggravated battery, and aggravated assault. Just a couple of charges. Was it worth it? No. Sadly, that same Walmart was the same store someone threatened to shoot up earlier that same month. So oh, wow. I feel terrible for those workers. I do too. Also, we never found out what he needed to talk to the no. manager about. What was he so mad about? Nine. Number nine is Brian Anderson's day off work. A lot of people make up excuses to get out of work. Usually the simple, I'm sick, is sufficient enough to get the day off. But Brian Anderson is creative. He's a storyteller. <laughs> so much so, he didn't even call into his place of appointment to weave his tale back in 2019. Instead, he called 911 to report an armed robbery. Wow. If you've listened to our other Florida Man Crimes episodes, and you should, you're very familiar with Polk County. It tends to pop up on our lists a lot. 
and we're heading back there now to the town of Dundee in 2019. That's where the then 32-year-old Brian Anderson was scheduled for an 11 a.m. shift at the fast food restaurant Hardee's. Also, 11 a.m. and you're calling out? Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Like, you should have had a whole day before that. (laughs) Brian didn't feel like going into work, so he pulled a totally normal move and called 911. He then told an elaborate story of an armed robbery. Brian said two armed suspects stole his money, a necklace, and his phone. But then they threw his phone on the ground and took off in a black Ford Crown Victoria. This is so detailed. So elaborate. And when it's that detailed, it's usually a lie. Exactly. Also, I feel like he had like a dream about this and then was like, I'm going to, I got to make this reality. You know what? I can get out of my shift today. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let me work my weird (laughs) dream into my excuse. Polk County Sheriff's Office were quick to respond, complete with air support and canine units, because they think this is like a huge deal. (laughs) Yep. It did not take long for the police to figure out that this was not true. Brian confessed that he made it up. Not one to ignore a Facebook burn opportunity. I love this. The Polk County Sheriff's Office posted, quote, on the bright side, Brian didn't have to go into his 11 a.m. shift at the restaurant. (laughs) Hey, you know, whatever gets you out of that shift. Yeah, you got to look on the bright side of things. Glass half full. Brian was charged with misuse of 911 and knowingly giving false information to law enforcement. I have never, ever, ever made up an excuse that elaborate. Uh, I usually just go with like, I have the runs. (laughs) That's a pretty valid excuse, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. This excuse that he pulled is right up there with like claiming a grandparent died to get out of work, but they didn't actually die. Yeah, and then that one's tough because you know, they do go at some point and you they might do. need that later. So. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's just bad karma. Yeah, I always Don't feel say that someone way. died when they didn't because no. that's bad. Or even like like somebody like got hurt. I, or I, sick or I like try somebody to else. Just yeah. always me. Be, it's hey, always make me. Make it about yourself. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes Part 3 is the ice cream truck robbery. Just be warned, like many Florida Man Crimes, there are several unanswered questions to this one, and all of them start with, why? (laughs) In 2014, three men in Marion County committed an attempted robbery of an ice cream truck, but the ice cream man fought back. An icon. In the town of Ocala in central Florida, there's plenty of park space to spend some time outdoors. And most people anywhere in the country have seen ice cream trucks pull into park areas to take advantage of the crowds. Oh, the best. I love it. It's so weird because we didn't have a lot of ice cream trucks go down our street when I grew up because it was a really main road Uh, where they couldn't really stop. But I would go to some friends' houses sometimes when they lived in like quiet neighborhoods where they would go and it was always like, what? A man just comes into the the neighborhood and gives you ice cream? Like, what is this about? Like, what? You know, in the summertime when you're just like, I don't know what you're doing, maybe playing in the backyard and you hear that tune, you book it oh, to yeah. your front yard or in the kitchen. You're like, mom, give me some quarters. I need to go out there. <laughs> or if you're a parent, you quickly usher your children inside and they like, la, 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 to try to block them. <laughs> and also the cookie sandwich, the oh, cookie ice cream sandwich so was yum. my thing. SpongeBob was my favorite one. There you go. So February 2014, a local ice cream man in Ocala pulls up to the park on a Saturday afternoon. Safe to say he was probably expecting, you know, parents and kids. The huge. But instead, three men approached him, ordered a pickled sausage, 
like we said, why questions about this is an ice cream truck? A pickled sausage. The men tried to pay for their pickled sausage with a fake $20 bill. So wait, he had pickled sausages? I just don't know. In the ice cream I'm truck? I'm not real sure. What? I'm very upset about it. The ice cream man questioned them about it, and they pulled out a gun. The ice cream man not having it. The ice cream man attempts to wrestle the gun away from the men. Oh so gosh. he's like, no, this is not happening. You asked me for a pickled sausage. You give me a fake $20 bill, and then you pull a gun on me? No, no. Not today. No. But one of the men hits the ice cream man in the eye. The three men take off in a faded blue 1980s model Cadillac. And that's it. That's it? They're just gone. So what? Why? To, to recap, pulls into park, thinking he's just going to give kids some ice cream. He's like, psych for the day. Let's do this. This is my time. They were like, let me get a pickled three sausage. Three men come up and they're like, can I have a pickled sausage? You're like, what even is that? They're he's like, like nobody a, asks for those. Here's a Monopoly $20 bill. And they're like, I can't take that. And then they pull a gun on him. He tries to get it away and they hit him in the eye. And then they leave in a and Cadillac. And they take off. I wonder if they got a pickled sausage. It sound no. It doesn't sound like they did. I don't know. What's a pickled sausage? That sounds I don't know. heinous. I don't want it though. Ugh. Seven. At number seven this week is the meth lab pocket dial. <laughs> yep. What? Yep. Donna Nope, Jason Nope, and Thomas Stallings were hard at work back in October of 2014, running a mom and pop shop in their backyard. That business? Cooking meth. (laughs) But their little at-home manufacturing business was cut short when one of the trio accidentally pocket-dialed 911. Was it one of the Nopes? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Nope. Have you ever, like, called somebody on accident and, like, had it turn into something horrible? Because I have. I honestly haven't. Which I feel very fortunate for. It happened to me recently and you ended up being a part of it because... Yes. Yeah, I can't <laughs> I, go further. I do remember I can't that. go further. I'm and sorry, I cannot reveal the details. Now, whenever I'm talking crap about somebody, I make sure that my phone is nowhere near me. Honestly, your pocket dial experience has made me worry about my <laughs> own phone all the time. I'm like, is it? <laughs> all right, I'm schwitzing, so we got to get past this. So in a backyard shed in Daytona, about 30 miles north of Orlando, our trio, Donna, her son Jason, and Thomas, they just set up a little meth shop. As one does. Mm -hmm. October 2014, they inadvertently ratted themselves out with a pocket dial to 911. The police report says that the operator stayed on the line for 30 minutes listening to them. What a wonderful work day for her (laughs) or him. (laughs) Quote, talking about making and selling methamphetamine. Oh so my God! The can police, you the police are like, okay, can we write those details down? I would have sat there for hours on that phone, honestly. So the police head on over to the shed, where white smoke was billowing out. Wow! A proper search turned up all the ingredients for a classic meth lab, including coffee filters, a butane torch, batteries, drain opener, plastic tubing, hypodermic needles, lithium strips, lighter fluid, plastic bags, and numerous plastic <laughs> bottles containing a white substance. Wow, you guys did a great job hiding this. Also, imagine being their neighbors and like white smoke is billowing, like white meth smoke is billowing out. It's just billowing up. Like, I don't need that. My kids are trying to play outside. No. So even better news for Thomas Stallings at the time. 
He was on probation in connection with a burglary conviction. Wow, killing it. Yeah, so the 911 operator said in their report that a man ID'd as Tommy on the call mentioned his probation and said police, quote, had been watching him. Wow, just gave it all. Sweetie, not only are they watching you, they're listening they're to listening you. They're listening to you. And now they're showing up in your backyard. Oh, Matt, they must have been so mad. Also on our list at number six is rooftop rascal Josh Way Holloman. While our trio at number seven called the cops on themselves in October 2014, that same month police got a call from someone who suspected a burglary may be going down in Daytona Beach. The call came in around 3 a.m., so you know it's going to be interesting. (laughs) And if you think Brian Anderson at number nine was good at excuses, oh, just wait for Joshua Holloman. Oh, man. 2014, a witness stated that he was sitting outside a nearby surf shop when he heard weird noises like whistling, snorting, and rattling. A police dog picked up a scent that led officers to a convenience store. Officers found Holloman walking on the roof of the store and told him to climb down. <laughs> Get down from there, like, sir. Uh, come down here. He admitted he originally heard officers' commands, but, quote, wanted the dog to find him. <laughs> <laughs> the dog can't climb up to the roof, He's sir. like, no, no, no. I want to put this dog to the test. <laughs> this dog is not I don't believe that this dog you. really can find me. This is when police got a good look at the 30-year-old Holloman, whose face was covered in black roofing tar. Now, you may be asking, why? Why on the roof? Why covered in tar? Holloman had a reason. In fact, he had a few. Don't worry about it. See which one sounds the best. Okay, Okay, hit me with it. I'm going to hit you with a few of these. Okay. He said he was there to meet with family. Family rooftop meeting. On the roof. And we all, you know, it's, you know, we're that family. We decided to spice up the reunion this year. We (laughs) did. He then said, actually, he heard the air conditioning unit making a strange noise. As an AC repairman himself, he climbed up to check it out. Philanthropic. That one sounded way better than the first one. He also said he was simply sleeping on the roof and rubbed the tar on his body as camouflage. Why do you need camouflage? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Okay. (laughs) And finally... He just wanted to put tar on himself so he could then wash it off in the ocean like a mud mask. You know, self-care. I'm just having a, trying to have a pampering moment. Leave me alone. Doesn't tar like burn off your skin? I have no idea, but I feel like it's it's not a mask. It's not like the exfoliant that you were not, looking for. It's not. Yeah, I love that he's just like, <laughs> it's just like I just wanted to put it on my face to wash it off in the ocean. Like, like why are you guys questioning Obviously. Me? Get out of here. What's with all the questions? Well, unfortunately for him, he was charged with two counts of attempted burglary of an unoccupied structure, possession of burglary tools, and criminal mischief, and probably for just being dumb. I feel like <laughs> he didn't even know what he was doing up no. there. I think he got up there and then forgot. The, my favorite one is... I'm here on this roof covered in tar to meet my family. Obviously. <laughs> Why else would I be up here? Like the police are just going to be like, oh, carry on. Like I brought a grill. It's tell balanced my, over there. Tell Ma I said hi. <laughs> See you later.
I'm sorry. That one is this last one is my favorite one. Absolutely. I, I still have a lot of questions about the pickled sausage. The, I've, it's definitely on a stick, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that's not on a stick, but I've never seen one. I don't want to see one, really. I feel, yeah, I feel so many types of ways. I just need to know what the what the whole thing behind that was. There's a lot of questions in that one. So many questions, and none of them, I feel, are ever going to get answers. No, none of them. We've got grouchy golf cart drivers. We've got, I mean... The mom-and-pop meth shops. <laughs> the worst butt-dialing ever. The best excuses ever. We're just running the gamut here. Yeah, I feel like we're going to end this list with a lot of questions, though. We sure are. The world is full of con men, fantasists, and corrupt authority figures. There are respected spiritual leaders who ask way too much of their followers, global companies with unexpected motives, and governments that value profit over all else. Luckily for us, the world is also full of people who stand up for what they believe in, even if it turns their lives upside down. I'm Pat Rodriguez, host of Whistleblowers, the new podcast series that explores the biggest, most bizarre lies in history through the eyes of those who risked absolutely everything to expose them. This season in Whistleblowers, join us as we uncover the story of the women who brought down Hollywood's most controversial yoga guru, the doctors who believe one of the world's top surgeons used humans as his guinea pigs, and the woman who revealed Facebook's darkest secrets. Whistleblowers is a Spotify original from Parcast, airing episodes every Tuesday starting January 18th. Follow and listen to Whistleblowers for free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of Florida man crimes, part three. Starting off the second half of our list, tax fraudster Ramon Christopher Blanchett. Usually around tax time, you can get a decent return if you do your taxes right and maybe have some good deductions. Ramon wasn't one of those people. When he filed his taxes in 2017, he said he worked as a freelancer, hyphenated, don't know why it was hyphenated. <laughs> and he made $20,000 the year before. But he also claimed that while he made 20K, he also withheld $1 million in taxes. Oops. What, Ramon? <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I've never like actually done my own taxes unless you count doing them on like TurboTax. I think that's pretty, yeah. That's as close as I've ever come to doing it. I used to do that all the time. I wouldn't even know how to begin doing it without something like that though. Oh yeah. No. I would have no, I don't even think you can. I have no idea. I mean, people do, but <laughs> TurboTax. It ain't me. So in 2017, Ramon Blanchett did his own taxes and filed them electronically. He had two W-2 forms, one from a nursing home and one from a restaurant. 
he's a free Lancer. Obviously. Obviously. He's a Lancer who's free. Yeah, exactly. There's no mistake about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one of his W-2s showed $17,098 in wages, but $1 million of federal income tax withholding. I don't see the problem. Huge problem, because in real life, Ramon made $2,098 in wages at that job and didn't pay any taxes. Oops. In fact, he didn't have any taxes withheld from either job. Ooh. The forms are confusing to me. They are very confusing. Well, before the red flags were raised at the IRS, Ramon actually received a refund of $980,000. Wow. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, just cut that check for Ramon. cut that check? So Ramon ran to the bank. He sure did. He said he inherited the money from a deceased family member who cut him an IRS (laughs) check. I was just going to say, who cut him a treasury check from the government? Yeah. You know, lots of questions. He opened up a few accounts and spread the money out, and he also bought himself a nice new Lexus. Yeah, I mean, you you got a lot of K there to spend. You certainly do. But something about claiming a million paid in taxes on $20,000 worth of wages finally flagged something in the system. Oh, he almost, you know, so close. How did nobody catch that before all of this happened? So subtle what he did. So the IRS came for the money and the car. The IRS always comes around. Of course. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday they're coming. Ramon was left with $809 that his car insurance refunded him after he canceled his policy on the new Lexus. But the IRS wanted that too. I was going to say $809 for a refund was like, heck yes. Yeah, exactly. But they took that too. And he was (laughs) probably so excited then the IRS was like, that's ours. We need a lot more than that. In 2020, Ramon was sentenced to 34 months in federal prison for the theft of government funds. Eek. Four. Landing at number four this week is naked police car thief Joshua Shanker. It's possible Joshua was still reeling from 2020 like the rest of us when January 2021 rolled around. But whatever was going on, Joshua somehow ended up on a Florida highway naked. And when police showed up to help, Joshua mysteriously ended up stealing the officer's car and crashing it. You'll find out why we say mysteriously. Okay. January 21st, 2021 at 11.45 a.m. Police get multiple calls about a naked man running along Interstate 10 in Western Jacksonville, Florida. So can you imagine as a police department or any other kind of... (laughs) Anybody. Anybody getting that call? No. Like, there's actual things going on, and they're like, hey, yeah, so there's a guy running naked down the highway again. Yeah, I know, because you know that this is not the first time this Especially has in Florida, you know, no. they're like, man, like, they have come a tally on. going. Yeah, I was like, we have gone three hours <laughs> without a naked man running down the hallway, and they're like, man, we have to erase it again yep. and put zero. Well, the first officer on the scene witnessed a 20-something Joshua Shanker just lying in the road. Of the highway? Yeah, apparently. The officer pulled over, but was on the opposite side of the road than Joshua. Before he made his way over there, Joshua got up and headed across the highway towards the officer. Like, hey man, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Now here's where the mystery comes into play. The report about what happened next is redacted. Why would they ever do that to the public? Why would you not give me this? We have 
questions. We have rights. We okay. need answers. I need to know. The details about how a naked Joshua somehow got into the police vehicle and took off without being stopped by the officer are not public. As far as our research what? shows. Maybe that guy was like, the officer was like really embarrassed. Well, I was just going to say, I think that right there, that he somehow got into a police vehicle and took off without being stopped. Yeah. Is pretty embarrassing and they probably don't want to reveal how that happened. And they also probably don't want to give anybody else any other ideas about how to carry out that <laughs> we, crime. <laughs> we don't want to give you an e-how instruction manual <laughs> on how to do this. Exactly. So the report simply confirms that a vehicle belonging to the city of Jacksonville was stolen. A call was made for additional help and the stolen police car was found crashed into a wooded area. Police report. It says about $10,000 worth of damage to the vehicle, and Joshua reportedly had road rash on his body because naked. <laughs> he was checked out at a hospital and off to jail. Bye. Any questions? So many questions. <laughs> All of the questions. Seems, Thanks for asking. Everything seems buttoned up to me except for Joshua because he wasn't wearing clothes. Tied up with a neat bow no on the top. <laughs> Three. Number three on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes Part 3 is Brian Stewart. When you hear the phrase kill them with kindness, you'd pretty much expect an onslaught of compliments, even if they're fake. But not in Milton, Florida. That's where quote-unquote kindness is the name of Brian Stewart's machete. Oh. Yes. So to translate for Brian, to kill someone with kindness literally means he wants to murder them. And it's a threat he made in 2019. I gotta go. So we're in Milton, Florida. No, uh, we're not. We I are. don't want to be there. Yeah, we're there. It's a little more than 20 miles northeast of Pensacola. And it's where Brian Stewart lived and was overheard chatting with someone. Brian's neighbor said that he heard the 30-year-old tell someone he was going to kill him with kindness. It may have sounded sweet, but it must have also been loud because the neighbor went over to tell Brian to keep it down. I just love that Florida neighbors are like, will you keep your niceties and your compliments down? You are <laughs> bothering me. Imagine <laughs> hearing like, I'm going to kill him with kindness and being pissed yeah, off. Yeah, just being like, get oh, get I'm back the, inside. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to kill you with kindness. Get back inside with those beautiful flowery words you're saying. <laughs> well, it turns out it wasn't so nice. The neighbor knocked, Brian answered, and raised a machete into the air. The machete what? that was named Kindness. No. A second neighbor, being a hero, tried to protect him and jumped in front of oh. him. Brian cut the man, giving him a half-inch cut on his hand. It was a machete, so honestly, it could have been a lot worse than that. I was just going to say. Like, only a half-inch cut, but machete, I can't imagine how sharp that is. That being, must have been a deep cut. Being able to later say I was hit by a machete, but I only had this tiny little cut on my hand, I tell everyone. That Florida man has to have a shirt that says, I got cut by a machete and, and I only I got, have this to show for it. I got cut by a machete and all I got was this stupid little half-inch laceration. Amazing. <laughs> so, obviously, the police get called. Yeah. And they claimed that Brian shockingly smelled of alcohol. Wow. They arrested him and they put him in the patrol car. But Brian, being all about kindness, kept kicking and banging his head inside of the vehicle. So the police had to tase him. Woof. Yeah. What a, what a wild ride. 
Okay, naming your machete kindness? It's kind of clever. Well, because then you can say, I'm going to kill him with kindness, and nobody knows what you're talking about. It's like except, a code word. Except if you're in Florida, and then your neighbors are going to be like, I hate your nice words. Get inside your house. Yeah, the whole that whole last <laughs> ordeal so was so bizarre. confusing. It's so weird. It's I very can't. strange. I hope Brian calmed down. I hope so, too. I'm honestly still very hung up on the pickled sausage myself, so <laughs> I'm like, I will literally never leave the pickled sausage. I'm really excited that we get to have two more. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, Joshua just lying in the middle of the road and somehow mysteriously through magical means, I assume, because we don't know. He teleported st- into the police, police car. car. Is pretty insane, but I'm excited to hear what number one is. Oh, you are you might be a little like, ugh. Oh, no. Yeah. Two. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of Florida Man Crimes, part three. At number two is the last straw for Daniel Willis Taylor. An environmental ordinance went into effect in January 2019 down in St. Petersburg and really a lot of places where you only got a plastic straw at restaurants when you requested one. When that went into effect, if you walked into a McDonald's, the straw holder would be empty. It shouldn't have been a surprise, but 40-year-old Daniel Willis Taylor was apparently so angry over the fact he had to ask for a straw, he got physical with an employee. He took let me talk to your manager to a new level. Let me hit your manager is apparently what he did. Yikes. While it can be argued we don't need to record everything these days, luckily someone pulled out their phone for this one and captured the evidence. So December 31st, 2018, New Year's Eve, a McDonald's in St. Petersburg, Florida was prepped and ready for the new environmental ordinance that would cut down on the waste created by so many plastic straws. Lovely. The restaurant removed the straws from their drink area. But remember, you can simply ask for one. Use your words, Daniel. Yeah. But for grown adult man Daniel Willis Taylor, using his words and common sense seemed to be just too much. Taylor began screaming at employee Yasmeen James behind the counter, then grabbed her from over the counter. Yasmeen was not having it. She punched back as Taylor continued to hold on to her. Yasmeen told the local news back then, quote, I didn't have any control over my body when he grabbed me. Like, I'm scared. Like, why are you grabbing me? I just didn't understand his intentions, which... Fair. Very, more than fair. I'm sorry if anybody, especially a man, is grabbing me over a counter at yeah, my like, place who the of heck work. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna go crazy. Same. Shocking twist. Daniel Taylor later admitted he was drunk and didn't remember much of the incident. Why are you drunk at McDonald's? Everybody always seems to have a weird just lapse in memory whenever they do something terrible. It's like housewives amnesia. Exactly. He told local news, quote, I remember her hitting me repeatedly in the head. And of course, the whole time I was thinking, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. Why are you such a child? You know what's so nice is that Daniel's such a big, tough man. I'm so impressed. Yay. Nothing hurts him. And I love that he remembers that he was being hit, but he doesn't remember assaulting a woman. He remembers being a big, tough guy. Exactly. He just doesn't remember anything else. Ridiculous. What he'll also remember is being charged with battery and serving 60 days in jail. And we'll all remember it because it's all over YouTube. What a turd. Great job. Save the turtles. Number 
one. And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 Florida Man Crimes Part 3. The smiling capital rioter, Adam Johnson. You can take the man out of Florida, but you cannot take the Florida out of the man. That's something that we learned on January 6, 2021, when 36-year-old Adam Johnson of Parrish, Florida, was part of the crowd that stormed the U.S. Capitol building. While the event turned violent and deadly, Adam took the time to steal Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's lectern and smile for the cameras as he walked around with it. So on January 6th, thousands had come to Washington, D.C. for a Donald Trump rally, protesting the election results. In that crowd, Adam Johnson. Around 1 p.m. during his speech, Trump suggested the crowd head toward the Capitol building. Around the same time, members of the House of Representatives and the vice president were in the Capitol building to count the electoral college votes. Going off of Trump's suggestion, the crowd marched toward the Capitol building, which in reality, they had the freedom to do. But then they started fighting with Capitol Police and breaking into the building. Still in the crowd, Adam Johnson. And Adam makes his way into the building at some point. At some point during the insurrection, Adam gets a hold of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's wooden lectern. Pelosi's office was one of the rooms that the rioters broke into. Adam picks up the lectern and walks out of the room with it. Someone then snaps a photo of Adam walking through the building's rotunda with the lectern. In the pic, he's smiling ear to ear, waving with one hand while the lectern is under his other arm. He looks like a turd. Well, and how these are just, th- these pictures are so funny to me. I'm like, because in that moment, they thought they were so cool. And it's like, until the FBI does a facial recognition on your face that you are s- turned right to the camera, holding something that you're not supposed to be holding. Like, like it seems very simple to me that if you're doing something like this, you might not want to take pics that are going to yeah. be evidence later on. But I'm wow. really glad that you did. I'm glad you messed around and found out. For real. And honestly, this is probably one of the most famous pictures from that day. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of this day that it's the first thing that comes into mind. And this Mm -hmm. is definitely one of the first ones. Absolutely. And the words seal of the speaker, United States House of Representatives can clearly be seen on the lectern. So it's like he even had it in the right position for us to know exactly whose it was. Exactly. And if you don't think about the context, this picture just looks like a guy having a great time. Oh, he's so happy. Oh, he is living. He's even got his hip popped. Like he's taking a, <laughs> he does. Just a tourist photo. He looks like he's in a wax museum. He does. Yeah. And this image, like we just said, one of the most famous, it goes everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And I think the most heinous thing about this picture is that he's just cheesing from ear to ear. And then later on, like all those horrific videos that came oh, yeah. out of people. Oh my God. The Capitol police officers that like risked everything to save people. And the images you saw that day mm-hmm. were so horrifying. And then not even like the images, like the the trial, that, yeah. like, the testimonies that came out later of people's like accounts were the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, it just felt, it felt completely against what everything in this country is supposed to be about while you were watching it. And then to see photos like that of these smiling, you know, traitors coming through the Capitol is like, wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just really chilling. Never have I ever wanted to see a Florida man pick at this Capitol no, building. I'm definitely all set. not. Well, it didn't take long for Adam to get ID'd and be reported to the FBI. He was also arrested two days later. Hmm. Pelosi's lectern was recovered undamaged. It was actually still in the building when they found it. 
Which, like, I honestly am shocked that he didn't try to, like, sell this on eBay or something. I think that was one of the... When people saw this photo and, like, the videos of people, like, st- like taking that kind of stuff, people were like, those things are going to end up on eBay. Definitely. <laughs> like, 100%. Ironically, though, another Florida man was the first rioter charged after January 6th with a felony. Adam's charges followed soon after. He pleaded guilty to one count of entering or remaining in any restricted building. Adam admitted that he got caught up in the moment, and you know, he might even write a book about it. (laughs) Nobody, first of all, no one's gonna read that book. And second of all, no one is like, what publishing house is gonna be like, we'd like that one. Yeah, also you're not writing a book. You mean you you might hire a ghostwriter to write a book about it. (laughs) In which no ghostwriter would even take. Classic. Classic Florida man. (laughs) Very classic. My God, Adam. So that was 100% number one. Oh, yeah. You can't, I mean, a a Florida man who travels across state lines to be a Florida man is the most Florida man thing to do, to come out of this. Florida man. Florida man. (laughs) Losing all all meaning. I know that there's probably some left off because they're probably happening at this very moment. Because like we said, this is going to be all, this is going to be like... Game of Thrones. It's yeah. just gonna keep on going. That's <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving question mark. <laughs> giving question mark. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast shows for free on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which I hope you do because you made it this far and it's at the end of the countdown. So good job. You can listen to our other podcast, Morbid, anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast or on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast. Keep it weird until Monday, but do not keep it Florida weird. <laughs> Crime Countdown is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Anthony Valsic. Fact checking by Cara Mackerlein. Research by J.K. Heo. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Jonathan Ratliff. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. <laughs>